Welcome to the Security Weekly News Wrap-Up for the week of 26 October 2021. Google Chrome Zero Days, five-figure ransoms. I know, I know. I keep that kind of money available for cigars and whiskey. And CISA released new tool to help guard against insider threats. All the show wrap-ups on this edition of Security Weekly News Wrap-Up Show. This is Security Weekly. For security professionals, by security professionals. It's the show that keeps you up to date on the latest security news twice a week. Your trusted source for accurate security information and expert analysis. It's time for Security Weekly News. Every 11 seconds, there's a new ransomware attack. Oil pipelines, universities, corporations, all paying millions of dollars. Barracuda says, don't pay the ransom. Before a ransomware attack occurs, train your teams to recognize an attack and use anti-phishing technology. Protect your applications and they can't get onto your network. Simple backup and restore solutions quickly recover your data without paying the ransom. Build your ransomware protection plan now by visiting securityweekly.com forward slash barracuda. That's securityweekly.com forward slash barracuda. I'm Aaron Leyland from Restricted Access Limited. Doug is flying high today. Doug for me is always flying high like a big cuddly American eagle. So hello and welcome to the Security Weekly News Wrap-Up Show. First, let's wrap up, wrap up, wrap up the show's news topics for the week. On Application Security Weekly number 167, John and Tyler had Anita DeMarco, the VP of Marketing Development at Subnoxis, and Patrick Carey, the Senior Director of Product Marketing at Synopsys. They were on the show to talk about Gartner's Application Security Orchestration and Correlation category, easy for me to say, and some benefits of this approach. So the description from the show's wiki, in its 2019 hype cycle for Application Security Report, Gartner revealed a new high-priority category called Application Security Orchestration and Correlation, ASOC, or probably pronounced by some as ASOC, if that doesn't already mean something else. But anyway, ASOC, or ASOC, delivers three primary benefits of AppSec process with organizations' efficiency, scalability, and accountability. I know in America, you all like an ability, and you like to stick it on the end of every word. We go on. Um, they looked closer at these benefits and discussed how it can help your DevSecOps teams better. And if you want further information on that, look at the securityweekly.com forward slash synopsis to learn more about them. Okay, the next show that week was Business Security Weekly number 233, where Ben, Jason and Matt had Gillamy Ross, the CISO at Fnatic on the show to talk about things you decide to deal with in the absolute beginning of a company from a security perspective and how to decide what those things should be. 
Um, that would be really good for all of you considering or have just got involved in one of the many startups around the globe. You should definitely have a look at that. When I looked at the website, um, they had stated that we often think this should be so much better if done properly from the beginning. Imagine how many times you hear that a day. <laughs> but the reality is doing things from scratch comes with many different challenges, managing priorities, deciding what you tackle on from the absolute beginning of the company. In terms of security, they have stated is a fun challenge. Great, great, great. Um, I'll be listening to that on my way into London after the show. There is resources for that, and that's at goseg.net forward slash sessions, and there's a full session in the upcoming GoSec conference. In the second segment of BSW, it was um, who actually owns cybersecurity, CISO versus CIO, how to say no after saying yes, and decode different types of business interpretation insurance and further news. Um, what an amazing show, guys, that you've put together this week. Um, I myself often talk on where the CISO should sit in an organization, and I know it can be organization-specific, but I tend to want to see them as equals. You can send hate mail to my LinkedIn, which you are all free to join and send me that hate mail. Aaron John Leyland. Okay, on Enterprise Security Weekly 244, Adrian Lee and Tyler Shields had Julia Ochfor, the CEO and founder of Revolution Cyber, on the show to talk about how you can't have a mature cyber security program unless you can build interconnections and relationships with the rest of the business. Interesting. Does this mean they want us geeks to get out of our bedrooms and come to work? Relationships? Relationships? I'm not sure I want to wear much other than shorts and t-shirt these days. I only joke a little, but it is important to build strong relations in business. So if you, like me, have been hiding in your house for 18 months, it may be time to listen to this and have a day in the office. Okay, so looking into the description of the show on the website, it starts off with a great quote. No man is an island. What show is that from? Neither can a security program exist without interconnections and strong relationships to the rest of the business. Yet over and over, I meet security leaders that thrive on designing security fiefdoms with large moats and one bridge that they roll down only when they intend to roll out a new technology initiative or need budget authority. There is no amount of authority or power that can be provided to a CISO that makes he or she immunized against the need for communication, collaboration, and diplomacy with peers, users, and senior executives. Well, I'll class that as me told, and it definitely sounds like an interesting show. Maybe I'll pick it up on the way back out of London tonight and learn a thing or two. Yeah. It says here, Juliet is speaking at InfoSec World in 2021. That's this year and must be soon. Register now and save 20%. Look at securityweekly.com forward slash ISW2021. Okay, in this second segment of ESW, 
Joe Salazar, great name, the technical deception engineer at Ativo Networks, joined the show. Joseph <laughs> was on the talk show to talk about IDR. I will tell you what that is in a minute, I believe, which is a kind of new security category which deals with protecting credentials, privileges, cloud entitlements, and systems that manage them. Okay, let's um, see. Description from the show website. And um, because I try to live an abbreviation-free lifestyle, and I urge you all to also, IDR stands for Identity Detection and Response. So this is a new security category. Everything's new this week. It's so exciting. It's a new security category that focuses on protecting credentials, privileges, Cloud entitlements, I'm sure I've said this already. Anyway, and the systems that manage them across endpoints, Active Directory, and the cloud through visibility and early detection of attacks targeting identities. If you've got your buzzword bingo card out, take two fingers of your drink. Okay, so attackers consider enterprise identities as high value targets and attempt to compromise them early in the attack to access the network and gain privileges to essential product assets. Currently, identity, identity security focuses on safeguarding privileged credentials in PAM solutions and or securing the authentication process with MFA and IAM. Multi-factor authentication, identity and access management, PAM, something access management, privileged access management, probably. Okay, guys. Um, but these measures leave gaps that attackers can exploit. While current security solutions like Endpoint Detection and Response, EDR, and Extended Detection and Response, XDR, Network Detection and Response, NDR, I really feel sorry for the grads getting into our world at the minute with all the abbreviations that they have to understand. Okay, so apparently others provide specific functions for defending the network. They do not focus on identities. EDR focuses on preventing the initial compromise, while XDR and NDR try to detect attacks. I'm just reading that twice. Normally it doesn't say try it just says detects attacks but anyway as they expand from the beachhead attacks targeting enterprise identities can evade detection from security controls but idr back where we started solutions can bridge these detection gaps to identify search attacks okay i'm sure i've fallen foul of it already but the only thing I like less than abbreviations is when people try to say abbreviations is a word. This is not cool and inclusive infosec people, at least in my book. We move on. On Security and Compliance Weekly number 88, Jeff, Josh and Kat Valentine and Scott had Casey Ellis, the founder, chair and CTO at Bug Pride. What a great guest. Um, Casey was on to talk about crowdsourcing or multi-sourcing risk identification and reduction, and that these approaches seem effective even if the auditor doesn't understand any of those terms. 
going through audits and processes a lot. Auditor-friendly words are normally very helpful. But um, So the description of the show here online was crowdsourcing and multi-sourcing focus on risk identification and reduction, and they seem to be effective, but my auditor doesn't understand what it is yet. Will it meet the requirements of the security compliance standards? You compliance guys, you're just great. Jeff and Casey will dig into hits and misses of plugging Nouvelle Assurance's approaches into established markets. Great stuff, guys. Check it out to learn more. Okay, on Security Weekly News number 153, Jason Wood. Jason, who is scared of. <laughs> I'm not going to go there, Jason. It's okay. I've dropped it, and I trust that you, Jason, are scared of nothing. <laughs> Thank you, Jason, for all you do with us. Um, Jason talked about giant pay and their data breach of late and how a bunch of salary payments were late due to the timing of the notifications. I guess if you've read, what is it, Phoenix Unicorn? Phoenix Project, they they have a great um, issue with salary payments and it's also a great foundational book for getting into DevOps. Okay, Dr. Doug was also on the show giving this week's news commentary like only he can and uh, with the credibility of a cyber professor and all-round great guy. And um, he will be back next week on Tuesday to pick up the mantle for your Security Weekly news. Okay, on Paul Security Weekly number 712 last night, I got to tell you this is the show that got me into cyber. Um, obviously not last night. I've been in it a little bit longer than that. But um, Paul's Security Weekly literally got me into as a sole discipline. And um, I thank Paul for that, firstly, for what he has done for me in my cyber career. And secondly, what he does for the community, especially way back when, to them days when it all happened in his basement. And it was just him, the big geek that he is. Paul sends cigars to London. I'm down to my last six boxes. Okay, so first up on PSW was Mihul Revenkaha, the VP of Product Management and Engineering at Qualys. Another great guest. Mihul, hang on, I broke my teleprompter. Okay, was on the talk about how in order to effectively defend themselves from ransomware attacks, you need to detect them early. <laughs> I would say so. Um, be able to gather intelligence to understand the attack and prevent attacks from reoccurring. They talked about ransomware trends, defensive approaches, and so on. I haven't wrote anything in here, but that's it's got to be a great talk. You've really got to get on top of this. It's just ransomware, 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 ransomware. And if you don't have a ransomware playbook and you haven't exercised it, please do that. Please, for me, at least get ransomware on the agenda for the board. Don't make an agenda piece after ransomware hits, but um, look into that. Okay, on the second segment of PSW, Okay, I'm, I'm getting in my ear that um, the second segment was like floor 13 of a building and didn't happen. Okay, so when we move on to what might have been the second or third section of PSW, and um, 
which I obviously haven't watched yet. Um, it's like, so I know they did the news part. So that's my favorite part of the show where you get people, Paul and the team, that you only wish you were as smart as, tearing the news apart and putting it back together with how things really went down. So I would suggest rather than me telling you what happened there, that you get over there and you give it a listen. Obviously, it comes with professional commentary, as one would expect. Okay, and now the news that has happened since the last news that happened. Okay, Google patches two more zero-day vulnerabilities in Chrome. This came from Bleeping Computer. And you're going to have to bear with me. This is where it all gets. Peter Piper picked a pick of pickled peppers on me. And about red lorry, green lorry, yellow lorry, it all gets complicated. But bear with me. Google has released Chrome 96.0.4606.71 for Windows, Mac, and Linux to fix two zero-day vulnerabilities that have been exploited by attacks. Google is aware that the exploits for CVE 2021-37975, just hit my microphone, sorry guys, and CVE 2021-37976, that's how excited I get about CVEs, exist in the wild. Google disclosed in the list of security fixes that it fixed today in Google's Chrome release. Google has started rolling out Chrome 94.0.4606.71 to users worldwide in the stable desktop channel and should be available to all users within the coming days. Keep on top of that, guys. Patch, patch, patch. And for those of those that track these things um, with these two fixes, Google has now patched 13 zero-day vulnerabilities in the Chrome web browser since the start of 2021. That is probably keeping APTs very busy, I would think. <sighs> I'm sure they have some in their back pocket. Anyway, next one, business leaders admit willingness to pay five-figure ransoms. Sorry, it just keeps me smiling. <laughs> this is something close to my heart and something I have strong points of view on. It was reported by Phil Muncaster from Info Security Magazine. Let's see what Paul, Phil, sorry, sorry, Phil, um, has to say. Two-fifths, 40% of business executives would be willing to pay at least five-figure ransom to restore operations following an attack, going against the advice of governments and law enforcement and me, according to a new report. Arctic Wolf polled 500 decision makers from UK firms with over 1,000 employees to better understand their security challenges in the new hybrid workplace. Respondents' readiness to pay their attacks is often cited as puzzling, given that many, 39% this time, don't have comprehensive cyber insurance policies in place. I would really do that, but read the small print. Moreover, these payments often fund payouts to digital extorters, a practice that is becoming increasingly controversial and has been banned by AXA in France, as I reported possibly the last time I did this show. 
Anyway, however, their attitudes will be music to the ears of many affiliate groups targeting countless organizations worldwide with ransomware. As long as victims continue to pay, threat actors will continue to operate undeterred, which is why institutes like the National Cyber Security Center, NCSC, that's the one in the UK, the FBI, and the Cyber Security and Infrastructure Security Agency strongly advise organizations not to. I'm not sure what it says in this story in a minute, but it could be contributing to organized crime or something like that. So I'd be very careful, get the lawyers on it. It's also far from guaranteed that victim organizations will regain access to all of their data and systems following payment. There's an added risk in today's threat actors are increasingly likely to have stolen corporate data. We are hearing this more and more from researchers that um, rather than just traditional ransomware attacks, they are stealing data firsthand. And if the ransomware attack doesn't elicit money off you, then um, possibly the fact that they're going to post your data online might do. So they're definitely belt and braces that there. And this does go on to say, which they may monetize at a later date, even after payment, bad guys doing bad guy stuff is not a new story, but it makes you smile. Anyway, Arctic Wolf also found that a fifth of UK executives have previously concealed a cyber attack to preserve their reputation. Bad people. Doing so not only impacts intelligence sharing and industry-wide threat presentation, but could also land the organization in trouble with regulators. Don't do it, guys. Interestingly, despite the majority, 67% of respondents believing their company is more vulnerable to attacks if staff work remotely or in a hybrid environment, a similar number, 62%, are unsure whether IT teams can identify and detect some threats accurately with a third having paid out between 36,000 and 216,000. And I'm sure we've heard in the media of over a million dollars being paid um, to address security breaches in the past year. More investment in detection and response may be needed. Nearly done with this one. The constant reports of successful ransomware attacks and growing cyber threats from foreign adversaries over the past year have left executives feeling ill-prepared to protect their businesses against sophisticated attacks, and that belief has only been compounded by the operational challenges of running a business in a hybrid work environment, argued Ian McShane, not the guy of the telly, field CTO at Arctic Wolf. I'm very pro-hybrid working, and it shouldn't be used as an excuse for anything. If you're using hybrid working as an excuse for something, you're not doing your job properly, in my humble opinion. Okay, the best way for organizations to break out of this cycle of fear and uncertainty is to recognize that they don't have a tools problem, but an operational one, and that embracing security operations will allow them to address and rapidly involve threat landscape with ease and simplicity. Okay, and finally, I'm really sorry I don't have an amusing story for you all this week, but possibly I will help you improve your cybersecurity 
posture and maturity, which is possibly why I'm here. So my final story is CISA, as I read the name out earlier, releases new tool to help organizations guard against insider threats. This comes off the CISA website and um, was posted from Washington. I will remind you, because I'm not a bad person, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency released an insider risk mitigation self-assessment tool today, which assists public and private sector organizations in assessing their vulnerability to an insider threat, which I guess we're often told is the biggest attack surface in an organization, the insider threat. So we definitely should be looking there anyway. But by answering a series of questions, users receive feedback they can use to gauge their risk posture. Probably if you've um, sacked a really bad system admin, that might be um, bit of a risk posture. Anyway, the tool will also help users further understand the nature of insider threats and take steps to create their own prevention and mitigation programs. While security efforts often focus on external threats, often the big threat can be found inside the organization, said CISA, CISA, Executive Assistant Director for Infrastructure Security, David Mussington. CISA urges all our partners, especially small and medium businesses who may have limited resources, to use this tool to develop a plan to guard against insider attacks. Taking some small steps today can make a difference in preventing or mitigating the consequences of an insider threat in the future. Maybe a good mitigating plan would be be nice to your employees, but uh, <laughs> anyway, insider threats can pose serious risk to any organization because of the institutional knowledge and trust placed in the hands of the perpetrator. Look at Edward Snowden and the other one that I can only remember half his name. Anyway, insider threats can come from your current or former employees, contractors, or others with inside knowledge, just about everyone, I guess. And the consequences can include compromise, sensitive information, damaged organizational reputation, lost revenue, stolen intellectual property, reduced market share, and even harmful physical harm to people. So just about everything that's bad in cyber is involved there. So um so have a look at CISA. They have a number of tools, training and information on arrays of threats, public and private sector organizations face, including insider threats. There's a whole breadth of information there. Very good organization. Information on these resources can be found at cisa.gov. So that's easy to find. And that is the wrap up for the week of 26. October 2021. It's 26 September 2020. Anyway, thanks for joining us. Thanks to everybody from Security Weekly. They allow me to have the best job in cyber. And thanks to Dr. Doug for soaring like an eagle and giving me another chance to pass on valuable cyber information to you good people. Thank you. And Seaweed is leaving the, the building or the business whatever thank you and thank you and thank you